Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to have Laura Hernandez on the podcast with me today. She is a mama of 10, including a sibling set that she had adopted out of foster care. So Laura, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. I am so excited to chat with you. So many reasons why, but I would love to first hear about your family, I feel like I hear 10 kids and I'm like, what? Like four feels like so many to me. Tell me about how your family came to be. Yeah. So we, after our third biological, we, you know, my husband and I had decided early on that we wanted to adopt. So after our third biological, he said, you know what? We need to figure out this adoption thing. Cause if we accidentally have another one, I don't, you know, we'll probably be maxed out of four, which, you know, it's my favorite thing to say now that we're at 10 and we're still, <laughs> still going, you know, we're not dead yet. And so we went to an adoption class at our church and learned all about all the different kinds of adoption. And I wanted to adopt from Africa. He wanted to adopt from China and we did not want to do foster care because, you know, why do you want your heart ripped out a million times over? And then the foster care panel got up to talk and we both looked at each other and said, oh crap, this is what we're supposed to do. And I think it was helpful that we were both on the same page from the get-go. It wasn't one of us pulling each other. It was like, we both turned to that same page at the same time, you know? And so we... Went through training and got Andrew in our home when he was three days old. And he stayed with us until eight months. And this is where the math gets tricky. So see if you can follow along with me. So we had three. And then Andrew went back to his bio mom. And she had two more kids, which brought her to a total of three. We had two more kids, which brought us to a total of five. And we had moved up into Seattle. Not into Seattle. We moved up to Seattle during that time. And they were still down in Texas and they were taken away in Texas and put back in CPS care. Meanwhile, I mean, just, this is the longest story ever that I'm trying to make so short and sweet. We couldn't adopt them up in Seattle. And so we had to move back down to Texas and redo foster care training again and have them placed in our home. And so within a six month period, we had had our fifth biological. We moved across the country. We're living in a rent house. We bought this house and we're renovating it. And for two months we had their little sibling come live with us. So that's kind of when our like, oh my gosh, when I was talking about rock bottom a minute ago, I'm like, that's when my rock bottom was just trying, like I really thought that I had the mom thing under control. And that very quickly informed me that no, in fact, you do not. You're not in control and you don't have a clue about what you're doing. And so that all led into my business and everything like that as well. But just in case somebody's doing the math, two more came after that that are just biological. So. Okay. So I feel like, as a mom who our foster care journey recently ended, we've adopted our two kiddos out of foster care. Now that brings my total to four. And I know, you know, all different mama's stories, listening with all different number of kids in the home. And obviously that can change a lot too with foster care. But one thing that really I'm still struggling with, and I wonder if some other mamas are too, is just the home feels, it feels chaotic. Like a lot of the time, like my husband and I just went on a date yesterday And it was awesome. We hadn't been on a date in a really long time. 
and we were talking about like jokingly like like how crazy things are at our house but like also seriously how crazy things are at our house and I find myself sometimes being like oh well next year like Jane will go to kindergarten all day and I and I'm like I don't want to do that like I don't want to wish it away I begged God for these you know to be their mama, you know, and oh my word. So tell me a little bit about what it is that you do to help mamas get more kind of control and systems in place so that it doesn't feel so chaotic at home, even with maybe 10 from anywhere from four to 10 kids. <laughs> yeah. So what, and another thing, like, I don't want people to think that we have this perfect little lovely home that our children are all obedient and calm and like, whatever, because our three that we adopted out of foster care also have FASD. And so they have really low IQs. They're have really severe ADHD. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of the list goes on, on all the diagnoses that we have for them. And so they're a lot, a lot of the time and nothing really ever goes as planned. So with that, like there's so much grace all around and there's so much flexibility all around. So everything I'm about to say, I want that <laughs> to cover all of it. Okay. So when I'm working with mamas, I love to kind of figure out what they are doing with their lives. and what I mean by that is I think that so often we as mothers just live very reactionary lifestyles, right? Mm-hmm. So kids get off the bus or whatever, and they come in, they hand us papers and we're like looking through all the stuff and then have to feed them a snack and then take them to sports and then come home and do dinner and then bedtime. And then we're just going from thing to thing to thing, right? All the time. And we have no idea what we're doing with our day. If the things we're doing even or what we want to be doing and the things that we really want to be doing aren't even happening, Right. Yeah. And my big realization with this is, was I kind of came to that point whenever we had gone from four to eight kids and I was like, I really want to be pouring into my kids and teaching them certain things. And I was not doing that. Like the things that I said that I value the most, you would not be able to look at my schedule and be like, oh yeah, she does value that the most, mm-hmm. right? Like You wouldn't see it anywhere on there. And so that was kind of one of the things of just like assessing everything and being like, what really matters here? And how am I going to make that a priority? which means you're cutting back on other things, which means you're trying to figure out the best and most efficient way to do other things. So we always start with assessing. And then from there, the things that drain us, we're going to automate, delegate, and eliminate altogether. Mm-hmm. And then the things that give you life, we're going to try to plan and prioritize for those things. Okay. I love that. And I feel like it sounds so simple, but I feel like there are sometimes I can already like kind of like feel the mama pushback of like, how do I, like, how can I delegate my, like, if laundry drains me, how do I delegate that? Yeah. I don't know. What would you say to that? Yeah. So there's lots of things. I'm like, we can either delegate it as in like kids are bringing. So let me just talk about all the different ways you could yeah. we grab just a tip and make something a little easier. Right. So our kids bring their laundry down. Everybody has their own laundry basket. So it's not all mixed up. I don't have to do any sorting. Right. So Benjamin brings his laundry down to the laundry room. I can get it started. I can switch it out. I put it back in his, his basket. And then he takes it upstairs and puts it away. Mm-hmm. He's five. He's able to pick up a shirt and say, this is my shirt drawer and open it up and put a shirt in there. Like he's able to do all of that. I don't fold it because what's right. the point, right? <laughs> um, and so even like, even our three-year-old will be able to do all of those actions. So mm-hmm. truly I'm just putting laundry in and switching it out. Yeah. And so I spend about maybe 30, 45 minutes on laundry a week. And that's just the switching out and then putting away our laundry. And that's it. And we've simplified it down to one day. I mean, of course there's going to be accidents and somebody's going to throw up and somebody's going to yeah. get lost and all of that happens. But when you create a plan to do something, 
if something crazy happens outside of that, you can just deal with that quickly and then come back to your plan. Yeah. That's so good. I love the idea of having a plan. I would love to know more about how, like if a mom's feeling overwhelmed, where, where should she start with that? You said, you know, I love how you said what's important to you, prioritize it. But if something like, like cooking or dishes for me, dishes can be a big, like chaos creator. How do you deal with some of it? How do you help a mom get from chaos to a little bit more peaceful with something that she feels is overwhelming, like all the time? Yes. So it depends on the mom because every mom is different and what they feel overwhelmed by. Right. And so after you kind of do that assessment of these are all the things that are overwhelming me, mm-hmm. maybe going through one at a time and saying like, what's one step I can do to make this simpler. What's mm-hmm. like 1% that I could do to make this simpler. I've been listening to Atomic Habits recently and just his, you know, affirmation of 1% really does make a big difference overall. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like with dishes, having kids bring stuff to the sink for you. So you're not clearing out the table, having someone wipe down the table for you. If your kids are old enough, having them unload dishes for you. Mm-hmm. they're really old enough having them load dishes for you yeah. because the ideal is that you create this team mentality in your home right and I hear I hear a lot of pushback of like my kid I mean I wouldn't my three adopted I'm like I wouldn't trust them to unload the dishwasher fully by themselves and not break every dish we have in the house and lord knows I would not trust them to load it because nothing would get clean right yeah it would be a disaster and somehow they'd break the dishwasher in the process so I know those things about my kids. So I'm not going to give those that I don't trust jobs that they can't handle. Right. But some of my older kids can do those things. They can mm-hmm. scrape the food off the plate. They can rinse off a dish and stick it in the dishwasher. And so even just if it's a little tiny bit of like, Hey, they're just loading up the plates or Hey, they're just putting the silverware in or mm-hmm. unloading the silverware. Like that's one less thing you have to do. And that creates that team mentality in your home. I love that. I think that is a struggle point for me, or it has been in the past, because I have this 10 year age gap between my kids. I'm not sure what the age gap is for you, but so it's like the older ones are way old enough to be doing a lot more probably. And the younger ones, I'm like, they're just getting maybe to the age where they can start doing some helpful things around the house. What do you do with like, I mean, I don't know what, if your kids are like, no, thank you. Like, I don't want to, like, how do you create a team mentality with kids that are resistant there? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things we do whenever we're kind of rolling out new systems in our home and just to also say very clearly, I think it helps our kids if we're not constantly changing systems. So not constantly okay. changing chores. I mean, who's going to unload the dishes. Okay. That person, the end, yeah. we're not changing up every night or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because what that does it puts all of that burden on you to keep track of all of that. Right. And then it causes arguments amongst kids about whose job it is, whatever. So this is to say that come a season, like if it's summertime, we'll kind of switch up jobs a little bit, maybe add something, but we just sit down at the table and like have a team meeting. That's what we call it. And just really reiterate to them how much they are needed, how much they are part of the team that we all eat in this house. We all sleep in this house. All their clothes are provided. Like everything is given to them freely. Mm-hmm. And we are going to, I realized I said that it's given to them freely and now I need you to work for it. Yeah. That's <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> but that's just kind of like, Hey, we're, we're in this together. Like yeah. we're, we're a family. We're going to show up together. And I've also had in my experience when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I feel like my kids are dragging and obedience or just dragging in their attitudes about helping. 
I will often sit down with them and say, hey guys, I just, I need to be really honest with you. I'm having a hard time right now. There's a lot that needs to happen here. And I feel like it's all on me and I really need your help. Is there any way that you can help me clean up the house before we have guests over or whatever X is? And I've yet to meet resistance on that. Just in that going in vulnerable with them and telling them, hey, this is a real struggle for me right now. I think that's very helpful. Yeah. I also think setting clear expectations and being consistent is kind of a huge key in everything. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So what is, how can we do that? How can we be a little bit more clear in our expectations and a little bit more consistent with like the follow through. Yeah. So one of the things that we do is that we have morning jobs and afternoon jobs. And this is just kind of, a lot of this is just, you're a part of this team, right? Yeah. Um, and so I like to call them roommate responsibilities because one day they're going to be roommates with somebody and kind of want them to know how to do something right. And not be, yes. <laughs> and so um, in the morning, it looks a lot like just getting dressed, throwing your pull-up in the trash. Um, our older kids help unload dishes. It might be checking eggs, like whatever, whatever little thing, depending on their schedule, depending on the kid's ability. Mm-hmm. Um, they have those morning jobs and in the afternoon. Everybody has afternoon jobs and we, we call them five o'clock jobs in our house because they happen at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And what this does is I have alarm alarm set, but it allows me to remember that it's five o'clock and people need to eat. I know that sounds really silly, but it helps me go in there and cook dinner because I will often forget to feed them. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. shoot, I gotta, <laughs> that's why they're so angry. And I've got to yeah. be fed and I haven't fed them and all of those things. So that five o'clock alarm goes off and I go start working on dinner and the kids all have jobs that they're doing mm-hmm. and they have three different areas that they're to focus on. They have a zone, which is either a room in the house or an area in the house. Like it could be Legos all over the house or yeah. socks over the house. Right could be a thing or a room and each kid is in charge of that in charge of one zone and then number two they're getting ready for the next day so that's making their lunch laying out their clothes taking Mm -hmm. baths if they need to like whatever those things are to get ready for the next day they're in charge of that and they each do one thing to help get dinner on the table a few of them have get dinner off the table responsibilities after dinner but even my three-year-old has the job of like putting silverware on the table because he can do it he's capable and he's been doing it since he was two Mm -hmm. so there are ways that we can equip our kids and really show them how teamwork looks and then expectations for it kind of go in with it. So I, I think that as moms, we have to have realistic expectations of our people. Yeah. So if I tell my daughter, Hannah, even though she's nine, she's more functions like a four-year-old-ish. And so I can tell her to make her bed, but I'm just not being fair to anybody if I think that I'm going to go in there and it's going to look like the Hilton's bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it will be great if she just gets the levies off the floor and puts them on her bed. And that's it. Like, yeah. that's my expectation for her. And so creating this clear expectations and telling her what I think and what I expect of her is huge. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And I have seen that, like, my kids, when I say, like, okay, your job is to get all the trash off the floor and put it into trash. And for, in my head, I'm like, why is it trash on the floor in the first place? I don't know. <laughs> but there is usually in every room. So 
then I feel like they can focus more on the one thing rather than being like, okay, clean up the family room. Cause I feel like my, you know, even my like 10 year old would just be like overwhelmed by that and like shut down and be like, I can't, I don't do this. Like, but it's like one thing really does make a difference. Yeah, it really does. And if you can divide up, like, so if it's just one room in the evening that you're like, if this could just be cleaned up before we went to bed yes. and thinking about that living room and knowing, okay, there's toys and there's trash. So I'm going to yep. give you the job of toys. I'm going to give you the job of trash Yes. Oh my gosh. every day. And if that was done, I mean, it would be such a blessing to you. It would be such a blessing to me. I'm literally so excited. Like the, I'm like, oh, the wheels are already spinning in my head. I'm like, yes. And I like what you said about not changing them too much. Cause that's what I think I have struggled with in the past is like, I'm like, oh, all right, guys, we're all going to clean for 10 minutes. We'll set a timer and like, we'll make it fun. And like that, we do that for like a week. And then at the end of the week, people are complaining. And I'm like, okay, there has to be a better way. And then I'm just ending up by myself doing it or my husband and I doing it, you know, and it's just like, no, I want you to be, as you said, functional roommates and, and functional people in the world. Sometimes I think that, you know, I've had that mentality of it's just easier if I just do it. So what would you say to a mama who's like, no, it just, it's quicker and easier if I just do it rather than like this teamwork mentality. I hear that often. And I sometimes think it, you know, mm-hmm. Yes, it is easier. But the flip side of that is that that repetition, that they will learn it, that they will get there. They may complain, kicking, screaming the whole way, but they're going to get there to where, hey, this is what we do. Yeah. We have five o'clock jobs. This is my job. Period. The end. It gets easier as time goes by. And I think that growing period is when a lot of people stop or give up on their system. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to assess and be like, hey, I don't think the system is working very well for us. I think maybe we should try this instead or, you know, that's one thing. But then it's another thing to just be like, oh, it's not working. And then getting frustrated and then mom taking it back on because it's not good for you. Like, no, it's not. It's, it's teaching. I mean, I honestly, just until recently and still sometimes recently, well, something will be on the floor and I'll think the housekeeper will get it. This is ingrained in me from when I was a kid. I haven't had a housekeeper since I was a kid. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, she'll clean it up. I'm like yes. 40 now. And the last time I had a housekeeper was when I was 18. Like, <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. Anyway, so all that to say, like, I think that those things are so ingrained to it in us when we're children that oh, yeah. somebody will get it because moms always come behind them and got Yes. Them. Yeah. And then like you said, like I think too, explaining to the kids, like, look, it stresses everyone out, but it definitely stresses me and dad out when the house is a disaster. And there can't be, you know, six mess makers and two cleaner uppers. Like we all have to kind of do everything. We li- we all live here. We all have to have that teamwork mentality. And if you guys just know, hey, we could all be a little happier and have a little bit more time to do fun stuff. If we had this teamwork mentality, then that would be really helpful. Yeah. I think also having a chart. Like, so I have a little free chore e-guide over on my website that I would love for oh, yes. to go to go grab and it'll help you kind of set up systems for chores around your home. But I think that having a chart and then having a timer mm. are great because okay. they make them the bad guy. It makes her the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, guys, five o'clock jobs. Alexa just told me. Like yep. it's now Alexa that is telling us that it's five o'clock jobs and not me. Yeah. I love that. I love that also the five o'clock jobs because that is like so concrete. It's like, oh boop, five o'clock. Like this is not, you know, like you said, like you're not the bad guy. The clock has struck five and the timer has gone off. And now we are doing this, whatever we're doing, we stop it. And we, you know, it could be whatever, seven o'clock jobs. It could be whatever. But I just like the idea of like, 
here is the time that you can expect every single day that we stop what we're doing and we do this instead. I love that. I'm definitely going to use that. I think that's awesome. Ugh. So tell us where we can find your chore guide. I want to know where people can connect with you because this is so valuable. And I know you have lots more goodness to share with people. Yeah. So mamasystems.net is my website and you can find me at Instagram or Facebook at mamasystems. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura, for being here, for sharing with us. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this. And I'm literally going home tonight after work and just being like, guys, open up <laughs> family meeting, at least for the big ones. So thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. You are so welcome.